Hello and welcome to episode 11. So for Sensei's UFC 276 review. So a lot has happened in the last 24 hours or even 12 hours even. Um, it was a crazy time to be a UFC fan. But if I'm honest, it was a card that sort of failed to deliver. It was a good card, but very few standout moments. I think it was business as usual. Um, I'll start from the bottom. In terms of my predictions, I've got quite a few right. Can't lie, I'm proud of myself. So let me just give myself a round of applause. The first fight of the night. The women's bantamweight fight between Jessica Rose Clark and Julia Stolyarenko. I got that completely wrong. I said Julia, sorry, I said Jessica had the um, the the dog in her. She looked like she was down for a fight. And bless her, she got caught in an arm bar in 42 seconds and her arm actually broke. So all the best to her. I hope she genuinely recovers soon. And uh, my prediction was wrong. But I've never seen her fight before. But um, yeah, hopefully we get to see her fight again. That's the main thing. Uh, women's flyweight next on the card, Jessica I versus Macy Barber. I spoke that I think this is a veteran versus prospect fight, and I think the prospect is going to come through. It's almost like the 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 uh, veteran going over for the prospect, if you want to talk in WWE terms. And um, Macy won on points. Yeah, as expected. Uriah Hall also, as expected, didn't show up. Um, or let's, let me rephrase that because I don't want to put the onus on Uriah Hall. Andre Muniz did show up, and he beat Uriah Hall over five over three rounds. So, well done to him. Uh, again, we'll, fr- we'll run through the rest of these ones until it gets interesting. So, Dedicus Duplessis beat um, Brad Tavares um, on points. I thought Brad would win. That's fine. Not not bothered either way. Ian Gary did win his fight against Gabe Green. So, well done. The hype train rolls on. 10-0. Welterweight division. A tough division. Um, you got to bear in mind, he's a prospect in the worldweight division, so he's also in the same category as um, Shavkat, uh, Hamzat, but he's obviously not on the same level of those guys, so they'll take him significantly slower than the other two, I reckon. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he, how he mixes it up um, in the worldweight division as time moves on. Jim Miller uh, defeated Donald Taroni, and Donald Taroni retired. So we have seen the end of Cowboy. He said he's going to go and be a movie star. And I was watching his post-fight interview and he seems, you know, fairly uh, cognizant. He seems to be able to still speak um, at a good level. He doesn't slur any of his words like I do after watching fights at 5am in the morning. Um, Yeah, so Donald, I wish him the best. What a career. We're expecting him to end up in the Hall of Fame. He's had a significant number of fights. 36 wins, 17 losses. Zero draws and two no contests. So, you know, that is a lot, a lot of fights. So, shout out to Donald. What a career. Hall of Fame for sure. And congratulations to Jim Miller for being the first person to submit um, Donald Cerrone since April 2010. So, he did his thing. Um, <clears throat> Brad Riddle got defeated by Jalen Turner. I was thinking because he's from City Kickboxing, he would come here with the championship mindset of Adesanya and um, Alexander Volkanovsky, but he lost in the first round 
45 seconds in, he got caught in a guillotine, I believe. Um, Jalen Turner is six foot three, 155 pounds. He's just a monster for the division, bigger than you know every other guy in the division. So good luck to anyone fighting him. Um, I thought Brad's slightly better record would 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 uh, would make him win, and I thought his his slightly better training camp would make him win, but. Um, it turns out that that wasn't the case. So we move on quickly from that. Now, the main card, the one that we're all really here to talk about, um, Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley opening up the card. Sean is someone who they really want to make a star. And Pedro is somebody who has, um, you know, stalled a lot of hype trains and dented a lot of stars. So it was a good little crossroads match for Sean O'Malley. And, you know, unfortunately, we only got to see one and a half rounds of it because in the first round, um, we got to see what I think was a Pedro win. But then he got caught um, uh, by an eye poke by Sean. So the fight got called a no contest because Pedro couldn't continue. Um, lots of people were saying that Pedro was looking for a way out. Um, maybe that was the case. And maybe, therefore, you can give Sean a moral victory for giving a guy, for making a guy want a way out of a fight um, despite fouling him. Um, I think it opens up a deeper conversation about how we deal with fouls. Uh, ultimately, Sean did deliver the foul. Um, it meant that Pedro couldn't continue. So who loses that fight? The guy who can't continue or the guy that fouled him and made it so that he can't continue? It opens up that conversation a little bit more. Um, and Sean, he's already on the PR offensive saying that, uh, you know, breaking news, the Sean, the Sugar Sean um, Athletic Commission have ruled it a victory for Sean O'Malley. And he went on the same sort of uh, lines when he uh, lost to Chito Vera, Marlon Chito Vera. And... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit boring to most of you. That, that, that side of Sean is like, bro, um, okay, the Pedro fight you can sort of move on from because it is what it is. But the Cheeto Vera fight in particular, you lost that fight and you lost that fight fair and square. So, um, you know, accept it, learn from it and move on sort of thing. Uh, next we saw the veteran, the legend in Robbie Lawler um, lose to Brian Barbarina. So my prediction was right. I thought Robbie would lose. Um, I didn't know he would lose in this way, in this fashion. Looking back over his career, uh, the last time he lost um, via stoppage because of strikes was to Tyron Woodley in that early first round for the welterweight title way back when. Um, yeah, he got stopped by strikes by Brian Barbarina, um, who's just a vicious animal. And um, unfortunately, Robbie was um, defeated. But he was also uh, compensated for that, obviously, via his fight purse. Uh, but also he got a fight at the night bonus as well so congratulations to, to both Brian and Robbie for getting fight of the night because it was vicious and violent so well done to both guys uh, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira uh, was the next fight we saw and I predicted that well actually um, Alex chinned him first round left hook touch of death simple as that I don't really need to say too much more it sets uh, Alex up for the uh, Israel Adesanya fight and what we saw w during Izzy's um, post fight interview was that he's dead up for that fight and he wants to see Alex Pereira in the octagon. So we will see that. A little bit sad for Sean, I suppose. Um, his, I think his style was always going to be wrong, particularly the way he likes to strike um, was always going to be wrong for someone like Alex Pereira. The levels are just different. Despite what Sean says, the levels are completely different. And um, Alex seemingly hits like a truck with his left hand, particularly the left hook. So, you know, if that catches anyone... It is night-night and, and, you know, even Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion of the world in the UFC, was caught by that left hook in kickboxing and he went to sleep. So, 
yeah, a violent, violent, violent individual and one that we welcome to the middleweight division. Over here on Sofa Senseis, you have also heard Before Our Friends Die, you've heard Cool Find Done Wicked, or you will hear Cool Find Done Wicked, I should say. And if you're enjoying the Akin Saltfish Digital Network, please don't forget to follow us wherever you're listening to us. We are now available on YouTube. Um, we're available on all podcast platforms. So please follow, give us a five-star rating. And if you want to get in touch, please don't forget to email us at akiandsaltfish at gmail.com. We really appreciate you liking, sharing, and getting involved in the podcast. And we want to hear from you and hear your thoughts. Okay, moving on now to the co-main event and main event of UFC 276. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, where do I start? I'm going to give you one word. Dominant. Dominant. Clean sweep. Max Holloway looked like any other contender in their last night. Alexander was quicker. He was slicker. He was cleverer. More powerful. Stronger. And he put it on Max Holloway. Barely any takedowns attempted. I don't think any actual uh, takedowns attempted, actually. Um, striking match. I'm the best boxer in UFC, baby. Remember when Max Holloway said that when he, when he fought um, Kelvin Cater? Yeah. Now you got outboxed by Alexander Volkanovsky. He's taken that mantle. He's taken your title. And he's taken you to lost zone three times now. Three times. Alexander Volkanovsky is 3-0 against Max Holloway. It raises a few questions. Where do you both go from here? Okay, let's start with Max. I want to, you know, give Max an incredible shout out as well because first of all, he's a legend. Um, and his chin is the old, the older I've got, the more I I almost cringe at great chins. I remember watching um, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje, and I was just cringing for it because his chin was just too, 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 too good. And then we saw the consequences of having a chin that was too durable when he fought Michael Chandler and got stopped viciously. And my fear, and I almost, you know, I get a little bit emotional when I talk about this sort of stuff because, you know, these fighters put so much on the line for us and we care about them so much and we get so much joy out of them, but ultimately they're putting their bodies and their lives on the line. Max Holloway, we've stood a lot of punishment last night. He even said in the the pre-fight press conference, you know, I'm known for taking damage and you're known for not giving it. Max was cut twice or cut in two places um, during the course of that fight and he was so composed and you'll see it on the thumbnail for this podcast he was so composed just looking straight through focused and lasered him but he was just a step behind um, Alexander Volkanovsky yesterday his chin's too good don't really know where he goes if Alexander Volkanovsky stays the champion Max Holloway becomes a gatekeeper is that what he wants to be? he's moved up before he was unsuccessful against Dustin Poirier I think Max's frame and his strength and his attributes probably don't work at 155 but he has before beaten Charles Oliveira, so maybe there is an angle there for him to go up to 155 and challenge the upper echelons of the division and eventually become uh, notable in there. I don't know, is that what Max wants? He's only 30 years old. He's a young, young, young man. Um, but he's taken a lot of damage, he's been in a lot of fights, and he's definitely got a Hall of Fame career already. So, you know, personally, personally, I'd like to see Max in maybe one or two money fights and then... Um, I'd like to see him call it a day. You know, I'd like to see Max retired in the next two years. That would be nice. Look after yourself, look after your health. He's got a beautiful family, so go ahead and, and, and enjoy the fruits of your labour. He was saying, actually, in one of the embeddeds, he's got um, a room full of all the posters for all his fights in the um, box they give you, give you them in, and um, he doesn't look at them. 
he hasn't got time to smell the roses is it was his exact quote he just keeps going keeps plodding forward and i think now after taking so much damage for our pleasure it's time that max smells the roses and appreciates what's in front of him um, and hopefully has a long healthy life ahead of him um you know one of those many fights could easily be the conor mcgregor fight you know conor mcgregor's not going to be back for a little while and um max holloway is someone who i would advise to take a little bit of a rest so it sort of aligns well that maybe Connor could be uh, a comeback. Sorry, Max Holloway could be a comeback fight for, for Connor, but also um, an introduction or a reintroduction to 155 for Max. So that, that could be an option there. Um, who knows? What's next to Alexander Volkanovsky? Um, <clears throat> yeah, interesting. He said he wants to move up and he said he'll keep both divisions busy. I think that's easier said than done. Um, moving up is quite an interesting prospect because uh, you've got Charles Oliveira who currently is the vac- well isn't the champion but the title is vacant so it would be sort of easy to move Alexander up put him against Charles Oliveira and make it for the title and, and have some sort of credible narrative it's not like he's the champion just waiting for someone there actually isn't a champion at the moment so yep makes a lot of sense um, what do I rate Alexander's chances at Look, he obviously was fantastic last night. He was, you know, pound for pound, skill level above Usman, skill level above Adesanya. So I think we've seen that now. Um, look, he's strong, and he was two hundred and fifteen pounds at one point in his life playing for playing rugby. But I don't necessarily see him having the same level of success at um, what do you call it, lightweight. They hit harder. They are bigger. They probably are stronger, even though he was big and he is strong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know for, for, for Alexander in 155. Uh, but then what's next for him at 145? You've got Charles, um, Charles Emmett. Josh Emmett. You've got Arnold Allen coming up. It depends what he does at UFC London, July 23rd. Um, You've got a few guys. He hasn't fought Kelvin Cater yet. He hasn't fought Yair Rodriguez yet. Um, so there's a few guys in the division still for Alexander to fight, but I think there comes a point when it's like, well, you feel like you've, you've, you've conquered the mountain. You've defeated Max Holloway three times, who himself has defeated most of the people on the list I just mentioned. So, you know, where does that leave Alexander? Why not go up? Why not go up? Go up and see what happens. But if a champion's going up, he's going up for one thing only, and that's the belt in the other division, double champ status. He's not going up to become a contender. So, you know, that needs to be reconciled with the division and with Dengen and with those in charge. Interesting. But a dominant performance. And, and again, I said this before, the people's main event. My prediction was right. I thought Alexander would get it done. I was concerned about Max's chin. I'm still concerned about Max's chin. Um, and um, yeah, good luck to both men moving forward. Israel Adesanya, Jarek and Anir. This fight went exactly how I thought it would. Points victory. Fairly rudimentary, rudimentary for um, Israel Adesanya. Um, yeah, I don't know. Not really too much to say on this fight, to be honest with you. Um, Jared did what he could. Do you know what? I was I was mesmerised. This guy's 38 years old. He's clearly in incredible shape. He's clearly athletically gifted. Um, he probably just came to this sport or this division, or however you want to phrase it, a little bit too late. Although, I did think after watching the fight, I can probably see him doing a bit of a Yoa Romero and just staying in the division um, around that top level uh, for the next few years to come. At 38, he was still looking really, really good and really sharp. Didn't, didn't really get hurt. I think he got hurt once or twice. Um, but generally speaking, he was all right. He hung in there. Was 
was relatively competitive. I saw going into the fifth, some people had it 2-2, some people had it 4-1, um, sorry, not 4-1, 3-1, uh, and some people had it 4-0. Personally, I had it 4-0, maybe 3-1 a push. But yeah, I did not have it at 2-2. I did not think that last round hinged on who was, or the, the winner hinged on that last round. So um, yeah, you know what? I, I did think, you know, you might have seen on the Sofa Sensei's Instagram, and if you don't follow us on Instagram, it is at Sofa Sensei's and at Aki and Saltfish. So do give us a follow and check out the other podcasts as well. Um, I did think that the Drake curse would play a role. Drake bet a million dollars on um, Ezra Adesanya. And when he bet a million dollars, or no, half a million on, on um, Justin Gaethje, Justin Gaethje lost. When he bet money on George Masvidal, George Masvidal lost. So there comes a point when Drake needs to just stop betting on fighters that we want to win. Drake needs to leave it out or bet in private. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, Israel Adesanya won the fight, so he defeated the Drake curse. He defeated Jared Cannonier. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't want to critique too hard, right, because he won the fight and he did what he had to do. He acknowledged himself in the post-fight press conference it was an off night for Israel Adesanya, but it was just like oh, a bit boring. And you know, you've got to bear in mind, I'm up at four, five, six in the morning watching this rubbish. Like, mate, do something, please. People pay a lot of money to watch the pay-per-view in America and people pay a lot of money to be there um, in Vegas and, and, and watch the fights live. So put on a show. But I understand as well, you know, being a champion is greater than being uh, a showman. So um, he did what he had to do to get the win. And, and if he was having an off night, then still won which is you know admirable at best um also in attendance was vince mcmahon steph mcmahon and uh, triple h very interesting um and talking of wwe uh, israel adesanya come out to the undertaker theme music and then put everyone to sleep so yeah very interesting um ufc 276 card um look we're setting up a lot of things what's next for both guys for jared Cannonier, i don't know i quite like the paolo costa card sorry paolo costa fight um, Luke Rockhold is looking to come out of um, his exile. Um, I think he's got a fight lined up with Paolo. Uh, maybe the winner or the loser of that fight can fight um, Jarek and Anir, getting back into contention pretty soon. Um, Israel Adesanya called out Alex Pereira, like I mentioned earlier, um, after his fight. So that is seemingly what we're going to get next. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's an easy fight at all for Israel Adesanya. Um, um, the commentators were saying... The only guy that can really compete with Israel in that style of fight that he was fighting is Alex Pereira. So it'll be very interesting to see how that fight plays out. I think we'll probably see another element, another another um, fold to Israel's game, including grappling and that sort of thing. So very interesting. Uh, just one last comment on the commentators and the night in, in general. My God, DC and Joe Rogan are an annoying duo. I, I, I saw these comments a few times and I sort of never really took notice of it. But last night was just shut up, man. DC was just talking, 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 talking. And, you know, barely about the fight. He was talking about the fighters or just, just you know, abstract things. But, bro, I want to know, play by play, what's going on? Chatting, man. Chatting. Stop. Um, yeah, a little bit annoying. And maybe I was just tired and miserable. But, <laughs> yeah, very annoying to, to hear Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier just chat shit all night. But, anyway... That is UFC 276, the preview, or sorry, not the preview, the review. So, what else happened last night? So, we saw um, also Joe, Joe Joyce um, return from wrist injury and fight Christian Hammer. Got him out there in the fourth round. Cool. Cool. 
Joe Joyce is sort of in the who needs him club. Why would you fight Joe Joyce for nothing on the line? You wouldn't. It's pointless. He's too big. He's too durable. He's too dangerous. He's not much of a draw. No point in fighting him unless there's a real carrot at the end of that um, journey. That's not how the phrase goes, but whatever. Um, yeah, so Joe Joyce mm, did what he had to do at the end of the day, but he needs to get a move on. He's like 34, I think 35. Maybe even 36. How old is Joe Joyce? Let's, let's just confirm that. Joe. See how long it's taken me to type Joe Joyce? Wow. That's a good 30 seconds. 36 years old, and he's he's 37 in September. So, you know, Joe Joyce is ticking on. Obviously, you had that sort of Joe Parker fiasco where it was announced on the Fury White undercard, and then Joe Parker sort of just pulled out and signed a boxer. So, um, you know. Lots of, 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 of aggro there. What else happened last night? I'm trying to think. No, off the top of my head. John Jones was tweeting along. So John Jones was watching. You know, him and Israel have their own uh, personal beefs. But um, yeah, John Jones was watching and he's saying he's going to come back against Stipe. He says it makes more sense for him to fight a guy like Stipe than it does to fight the current heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou, who is one-dimensional and coming off a knee injury. I completely disagree. Obviously, um, I think the championship being on the line and John Jones going straight in there for the heavyweight championship of the world is a fantastic move to make. Um, but equally, I understand Jones's concern because I think the more dangerous fight is um, Francis Ngannou. And I think he's probably looking to warm up into heavyweight. So it'll be lovely, lovely, lovely to see John Jones being active again. Um, I think it's probably a little bit too good to be true, if I'm honest. So yeah, sad times, but all the best to John Jones. I hope he's well personally. That's important too. Yo, so for Sensei, just a quick one today. Just want to recap the card last night. A little bit disappointed, I'm not going to lie. Uh, great performance from Alexander Volkanovsky. That really, really stands out. And Alex Pereira. So well done to those guys. Those will be our performances of the night. Um, sad times for Robbie Lawler. Sad times for Dominic. Not Dominic, what's his name? Donald Cerrone. And uh, pretty lackluster from Israel Adesanya. But it wasn't an still night as predicted. Those who needed to get it done, got it done. And we line up ourselves some great events moving forward. Um, there are a few events from the UFC coming up soon. And of course, there's UFC London coming up again on the 23rd of July. I'm sure we will be back with more Sofa Sensei's in between time. There's a few things like next week, Derek Chidora is fighting. So it'd be nice to um, uh, catch up with you guys on that. I think, you know, I've noticed recently a lot of news is coming out throughout the weeks um, and in the weeks. And, and oftentimes we don't have time to uh, include everything in the Sofa Sensei's episodes that follow that news. So I'm debating doing sort of micro episodes um, covering some news that happens, you know, here and now and reacting to certain things. So please do let us know your thoughts on if you'd like to see smaller episodes of Sofa Sensei's discussing things that are topical here and now in the fight world. Email us at akiasaltfish at gmail.com but also you can follow us on um, Instagram at Sofa Sensei's or at Aki and Saltfish. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to check out our other ones. We have got Before Our Friends Die, which is the conversations we want to have before we leave this planet. And we've also got Cool, Fine, Done, Wicked, which is about uh, music and only music. We love it. We love this. And if you're listening, we love you. Thank you very, very much. We are not couch coaches. We are not uh, armchair experts. But we are the Sofa Senseis. So as always, thanks to Troy for producing the outro music and the intro music that you're hearing today on the podcast. And get in touch. Let us know your thoughts. This has been episode 11 of the UFC 276 Review.
oh, oh. <laughs> you know what? If you're still there, one thing I wanted to mention was um, Michael Chandler versus Dominic. Not Dominic. What is his name? Dustin Poirier. See, I'm tired, man. My brain is finished. But Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. They were going against each other last night, um, arguing in the crowd. Very interesting seeing that fight. The one thing I would say is I probably wouldn't take it if I was Michael Chandler. I think it's too risky. Um, he's just come off a fantastic win against uh, Tony Ferguson. You want to build momentum and fight someone like Conor McGregor, where you're more likely to win than if you fight someone like Dustin Poirier. That's all I would say on that one. And we can pick that up next time. Until then, take care. Love.